sembrava di avere le idee così chiare. Volevo fare un film onesto. Eight and a Half shows filmmaker Guido's struggles while making his new movie. He faces a creative block. His personal life is also in turmoil. And all that is really about eight and a half director Federico Fellini's own artistic struggles. He uses extended surrealist dream sequences in the film to exorcise them in an allegorical manner. The Guardian quotes Fellini saying a film director should be independent, lazy, and curious about everything. These traits are all present in Guido, but the same Guardian piece warns audiences not to expect a full Fellini confessional, because, quote, he didn't let facts get in the way of telling a good story. Still, his talents as a filmmaker are in full swing here. Fellini's earlier work may belong to realist filmmaking, but with Eight and a Half, his lifelong interests take center stage. The movie does look like a comic book and has the feel of a circus. So it does become a personal statement on the influences that made him. And critics got that. They call the movie a milestone in importance and technical mastery. Philosopher and social critic Dwight MacDonald even said it's the most brilliant and entertaining movie since 1941's Citizen Kane. But Eight and a Half's actual legacy lies in modern movie makers, who have adopted that type of personal, allegorical, dreamy filmmaking. That influence is one of the factors that keep this narrative tradition alive. Guido! Guido! Dove corri, disgraziato? I am now joined by Ian Christie, who is a professor of film and media history at the Birkic University of London, to talk about Fellini. Welcome, Ian. Thank you for joining us today. Very nice to be here. <laughs> I know you uh, took some time for you to, uh, between in holidays, to make some time for us, but we really appreciate it. Uh, I'm just going to dive right in for my first question. As you know, um, we're celebrating the 60th birthday of the movie Eight and a Half. And I wonder, many movie critics call this movie a milestone. Why do you think that is? I think it's um, a film that really turns the camera around. And it's a film, obviously, about filmmaking and about what might go on in the mind of a filmmaker, especially a filmmaker who's having problems with his next film. <laughs> <laughs> and in a way, that's what Fellini was trying to do. He'd had this huge success with La Dolce Vita, which mm. was a worldwide mm. success, which took him to a whole new audience. And uh, I think he was genuinely, personally, a bit blocked about mm. what he should do next. Mm. So he decided to make a film about it. Very smart of him, actually. It was a great success, turned out. Um, what do you think is so special about his style of movie making? Well, I think one of the 
things that that Fellini began to do more and more, and and this is really the start of a, you know a trend in his work, is to first of all be quite personal, quite autobiographical. The, the the central character here, played by Marcello Mastroianni, is clearly standing in for Fellini himself. You know, a, a younger, more handsome version of the director, but also he's drawing on a kind of inner fantasy life. And and that's something which, of course, all filmmakers have dreams, have fantasies, which they might use for their filmmaking. But Fellini starts to actually make his films about his dream life. And this is really where it all begins. The opening of the film is this incredible dream sequence, which is one of the, the greatest openings, I think, of, of any film in, in the history of cinema. Yes, that brings me to my next question. What of kind of statement was Fellini making with his movie? Well, that's, of course, a matter of <laughs> considerable debate. In a sense, he's dramatizing himself and the pressures that he's under. So he's under pressure to, to make another film, maybe a film as big as La Dolce Vita, uh, if that were possible. He's also under pressure personally. Uh, in his own life, he's at the he's caught between, I guess, um, you know, different impulses. I mean, on the one hand, he's he's an Italian, so the church is ever present, the, the Catholic Church. We see that in the film, and he has complicated relationships with women around him, um, and, and that's also an important part of the film. Yeah, so, and we so talked about it already. Sorry, he's he's kind of putting it all out in front of us mm. and inviting mm. us to become for a time, you know, a kind of a, a version of him as we navigate this kind of complicated world between dream and reality, between impulse and desire and reality. Mm. The dream world. So what do you think actually, uh, what kind of uh, influence did this movie have on the future movie makers? Well, I think it had a big influence. And I think, um, you know, if you wanted to just take a name, somebody who's still very current, um, I think David Lynch um, is a good example of a filmmaker who probably wouldn't have been able to make the kind of films that he, and, and the TV series, uh, Twin Peaks, that he has made without the kind of liberating example of what Fellini started to do in eight and a half. Mm. And, and uh, right, right today, for instance, um, Jordan Peele is somebody who's making uh, films which I think also are in that kind of tradition that, that Fellini started. So can you uh, sum some movies up from these days that have that type of dreamy kind of movie-making feeling? Well, um, you know, one film that, that certainly strikes me that way, would be Jordan Peele's uh, most recent film, Nope. Mm. I mean, Nope is a deeply baffling film. <laughs> I went to see it with my wife. She absolutely hated it and said, you know, what on earth is that about? And I said, well, I'm not sure, but it's really interesting. <laughs> and I think I'll go back and try it again. So I think we're living in a world of, um, some people call them puzzle movies, movies where there isn't any kind of clear through plot. But uh, but still, this is a, a trend that we're living through at the moment. And I think, you know, Fellini has got a lot to answer for mm. in terms of mm. starting that. Well, uh, I just heard that we just only have one more minute left. So I'm just going to dive into our last question. Um, what is the biggest thing that we can take away from this movie, Eight and a Half? What do you think? 
Oh, well, I think we we can, I think what it does is to present a kind of romantic idea of the filmmaker as somebody who is a kind of like a prophet or, you know, somebody who's, who, who's trying to understand the present uh, better than we as the audience can. And we can really kind of look around us and understand the world around us through his eyes as he creates a fantasy for us to enter into. And of course, that's what we do when we go to the cinema. We go to enter someone else's fantasy. Thank you, Ian. That's a beautiful ending of your story. Thank you for joining us today in the studio. It was great to have you.